Thanks for tuning in to the Link Church podcast. Link Church is located in Charlotte, North Carolina, and is committed to linking people to the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. We started last week a brand new series called Thrive. Because God wants you to thrive in every area of your life, not just your finances, not just in your health, but he wants your whole life to thrive. And so God wants to take us on this journey. We're going to do the second leg of this journey through this sermon series. And I believe God is going to bless us today, give us more instruction, more insight into how we can thrive and live our best life. Let's get right into the word because I'm excited about the word today. And let's go to 1 Chronicles chapter 4. And we're going to talk about Jabez today because that was a thriving man. And it says in verse 9, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called him Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. Today's subject is painful prayers. And I believe by the end of this sermon, it'll all make sense. Painful prayers. God wants us to pray painful prayers. Let us bow our head. God, your word is so blessed already. And I pray that you would give me the capacity and strength to articulate what you have put in my heart for your people. I pray that this word, God, would transform us, make us new, revive us, and restore us. The devil is a liar. He has no power over your word. Let your word transform us today and give us victory. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Painful prayers. Painful, painful prayers. Now, Jabez, you may have heard his name before, may have heard about the prayer of Jabez, but Jabez is one of the more obscure Bible characters in our scriptures. He is one of these indescript, nebulous type of characters. It is interesting where we find his biography because Jabez's biography is written in the midst of a genealogy. And you know the Bible sometimes has these chapters where it just lists descendants of a person. And it lists all these names. And more than half of them you can't even pronounce. Neither can I. And, and, and those are the scriptures we just like, yeah, him, him, him. And we flip and we turn the page because we don't know how to pronounce it. We don't know how to put it into context. But in First Chronicles 
this writer is writing about the genealogy descendants of Judah. And he comes down to Jabez's name. And something interesting happens. He pauses with his pen and he begins to write a short synopsis about this man. This man, Jabez, must have been more um, influential and impactful than all of the other names that the writer lists. Because he stops to write something significant about Jabez. And I believe that Jabez's prayer to God is something that every Christian should embrace and embody. It's a prayer that we should continually recite. Because nestled within this prayer are hidden treasures for how you can live a thriving life. Jabez begins his prayer by saying, oh God, I want you to bless me indeed. Now, when you hear that, you say, oh, pastor, that's nothing big about that. I mean, I've asked God to bless me. I mean, I ask God to bless my family. I ask God to bless my finances. I always ask God to bless me on my job. What is so special about Jabez? He just said, bless me indeed. But if you take a closer look at what he said, he does not just simply say, bless me, God. But he says, bless me indeed. And that, that little word, indeed, gives great emphasis to the phrase. It makes the phrase more powerful and mighty. It's like putting an exclamation point on this phrase. He is saying, God, I want you to bless me indeed. In other words, he's saying, God, I want you to bless me truly. Well, in our modern day um, vernacular, and they're ahead of me on the screen, in my modern day vernacular, leave it, it's good. Um, we say, we don't ever use the word indeed, right? We don't ever use the word indeed. Nobody goes to your friend and you're like, hey, hey, man, you owe me some money. I've been waiting on your money. I need you to pay me indeed. Uh, that doesn't fit. I don't go to my daughter and I don't say to her, Izzy, I need you to clean this room. It's too messy. I need you to clean your room. Indeed. No, no. The only indeed that we know is indeed.com when we need a job. Uh, we, don't, we don't use the word indeed. But what if we were to translate it and put it into our modern day vernacular? It would be like saying, God, bless me for real. Yeah, now that makes a little bit more sense. Bless me, but don't just bless me, God. I need you to bless me for real. Because that separates a good segment of Christians. Because most Christians go to God whenever they get a chance. Most Christians go to God whenever they have time. Most Christians pray a short prayer and they, they have such a busy schedule that they don't often go to God for real. But, but there is a segment of Christians that when they really need God to do something, they'll go to God and they'll say, God, I need you to bless me for real. 
When, when, when you want God to bless you for real, you don't have a problem bombarding the heavens. When you want God to bless you for real, you don't have a problem repeating the same prayer day after day, moment after moment. It's me again, God. I know I prayed this prayer last week. I, it's me again, God. I know I prayed this prayer this morning, but God, I haven't seen it come to pass. And God, I'm dying here. God, I don't understand what's going on. God, I need you to bless me for real. Yeah. Is there anybody in here that needs God to really bless them for real? You see, when you need God to bless you for real, you will go through a wall if you need to in order to get your blessing. You will jump over hurdles in your life if you need to in order to get your blessing. When you need God to bless you for real, there is nothing that you won't, um, that, that you will allow to stop you from getting what you need from God. There's a man in the Bible by the name of Blind Bartimaeus. And he was a blind man that stood and sat by the highway side. And he would be begging. And, and he was blind. But he heard that Jesus was passing by. And although he could not see, he could sense that Jesus was passing by. And there are times in our life when we cannot see, but we can sense that Jesus is passing by. And this blind man cried out and he said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. You see, blind Bartimaeus must have read Jabez's story because he wanted Jesus to bless him for real. Because blind Bartimaeus cried out and the disciples came and they said, hey, you got to be quiet. You got to shut up. Don't be crying like that. You're too loud. Don't be shouting at Jesus. But the more they told blind Bartimaeus to be quiet was the more that he raised his voice and said, I'm not going to let you stop me from getting my blessing. I need God to bless me for real. And, and, and maybe there's people in here that have been praying the wrong prayer. You, you've been praying the wrong prayer because you've been asking God to bless you, but you haven't been asking him to bless you for real. There is a tenacity that you have been lacking. There is a desire that is lacking there. And you haven't really fallen down on your face to say, God, I need you to do this for real. God, my, my finances are so shattered and I'm in so much debt that I need you to do this for real. You, you haven't fasted enough. You, you haven't prayed enough. You need God to do it for real. And the difference between being blessed and being blessed for real is the difference between King Saul and King David. 
Because King Saul was blessed, but he wasn't blessed for real. Because King Saul's reign was short-circuited, and he did not get all that he needed from God. And he lost his heritage. He lost the blessings of the Lord because he was blessed, but he wasn't blessed for real. Oh, but, but there was something about King David. And David was not only blessed, but he was blessed for real. Because David's blessing did not just stop with his life, but David's blessing went beyond his life. There is a blessing on David that says um, the, the, there shall always be a king reigning on the throne of David. David got an internal blessing because he wanted to be blessed for real. And somebody in here, you need to take it up a notch. Somebody has been allowing circumstances to block you from getting what God has for you. And you want to be blessed, but do you want to be blessed for real? You want God to heal you, but do you want to be healed for real? You want God to deliver you, but do you want to be delivered for real? When you want to be delivered for real, then there is nothing that will stop you. I remember growing up in what we call the old church. And they would say, if you want the Holy Ghost, man, you got to go to the altar and you got to tarry. You got to seek God. You got to cry out before God. And while sometimes the tactics weren't always right, there was something about building the desire in the person that the person had to fall down. They had to cry out. They had to stay for hours. They had to sit there and they had to go out for God and say, God, I'm not leaving here until you bless me for real. And maybe our modern generation has lost the passion to stay at the altar of God and say, God, I'm not moving until you open up this door and open it up for real. Jabez says, bless me for real. And the second part of his prayer, he says, enlarge my territory now i don't want you to think about this in terms of land and possessions and houses and cars and what jabez has that's not the territory that i want you to look at this uh, point of his prayer with i want you to see that Jabez wants God to enlarge his capacity. Not so much his territory, but his capacity. Because God can only pour out an amount that is commensurate to the capacity of the container. God cannot pour out more into a container that can only handle less. Oh, God cannot pour an, a great anointing into a small container. And you've been praying amiss. 
You've been missing the target with your prayer because we pray, God, bless my money. We pray, God, bless me with stuff. Bless me with long life. Bless my career. Bless my business. But we're not praying, God, I want you to enlarge my capacity. I want you to take my container and enlarge my container because the secret to getting more from God is growing your container. Because, because if your container is big, then God can pour out more. And, and, and God is saying that the issue is not your desire for more. The, the issue is not expansion for more money. The problem is, is that you need to expand your thinking. You need to expand your creativity. You need to expand your innovation. Because God is a creative God. And God fills whatever he forms. And the way that God works is that he forms a thing and then he fills it. And if there is no form to fill, then he cannot fill the form. But God wants you to expand your innovation, expand your creativity. The solution is not more money. The solution is more creativity. I feel God in here. The, the solution is not more finances. The solution is in your head and between your ears because you have minimized the creativity that God has put inside of you. When God created the heavens and the earth, he created the earth and then he filled it. When God created man, he created Adam and then he filled him. And your problem is that you're not creating a big enough container for God to fill. Your creativity is gone. You're wondering why God you won't send the money to start the business and God is saying I can't send the money but but you've got to look within yourself because I've given you the power to be creative. God says he says I, I formed you in my likeness and after after my image and if I'm creative, you got to be creative too. And, and most of us, most of us, our territory is about that big. And, and we stand on our territory. And we say, God, bless me with more. And God's saying, I ain't got no space. But bless, bless me with more money. He said, I, I got no space. And you've been looking to outsiders to give you more space. And God is saying, I, I've put creativity in you. I have, I, I've put a, 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 the acumen and the intelligence to launch it and to start it and to help others. It, it's in you. It's, it's not in other people. But we're not, we're not praying, God, expand my creativity. And if you only knew that, that your creativity was, was beneath you and in you, you'll realize that if you're just a little bit creative, you'll, you'll, you'll be able to look at what you have and say, if I think about this and I get creative, I can expand. Yeah.
I could get more people to sow into my business. I can, I can get more partners if I get creative. If I get creative, I can expand my territory and, 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 and I can open up my territory. If I just get a little innovative, hallelujah. Uh, the devil wants to cut off your creativity because in you is everything that was in God. And, 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 and if you're just praying the right prayer and say, God, increase my innovation, you'll be shocked at what's beneath you. And you'll begin to pray even more. And you'll begin to pray even more until God begins to open up more creativity. I feel God in here. Yeah. Before I break my neck, I feel God in here. Uh, and, and before you know it, you get so creative that you look around and you say, I, I didn't need more money. I needed more innovation. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't need more help. I just needed to think outside the box. How many people in here have been crying because you feel like everybody else has what you don't have? You feel like they got a head start because they had more money. But you are minimizing the fact that you've got God with you. And if you've got the creativity of God inside of you, you can innovate and, and, and you can push the limits. And the devil wants you to be stifled. The devil wants you to be boxed in. But if you would just believe for greater, I feel God today. If you would just believe God for more, he'll be able to blow your mind. He'll be able to open up the windows of heaven and, and do exceeding abundantly above all you could ask or think I need somebody in here to begin to pray and say God expand my capacity huh? expand my creativity God expand my thinking I've been shaped by the thinking of my environment I've been minimized and boxed in and I've been closed in and suffocated by the parameters of my career they told me that this is the only way it can be done but if you look into the heart of God you realize there is innovation there and I release in this auditorium today a new level of innovation I, I release new creative businesses coming out of here you're so oppressed in your thinking that you believe the only thing you can do is do whatever somebody tells you to do I feel God in here you've been so limited in your creativity that you're not thinking outside the box but that devil is a liar that devil is a loser technological advances are being made every day because they have a, a, a just a knack for going after more and why is it that the world and those that don't know Christ are able to unlock more creativity than the children of God it's because you're praying for God to just drop a waterfall of blessing when God wants you to pray to enlarge my capacity stretch me God 
stretch my mind stretch my thinking stretch my innovation God I believe hallelujah that God wants to do something special in somebody today I feel like there is a level of creativity that has been dormant in this auditorium I believe that somebody is sitting on a million dollar business I feel God in here but because you are shaped by what your parents told you you have been shaped by what your boss tells you you feel like you can't do it but if you would just burrow down into the creativity of God God will open up the windows of heaven and give you what you need I need somebody to give God a praise right there and there it's funny because my daughter Isabella she loves to make jewelry she's six years old about to be seven in about a week and a half and she loves to take these beads put them on a string make all these this colorful jewelry and I realized that my daughter is really creative she just loves to work with her hands and make designs and I saw her one day and I said you know what Izzy you know I realized that she had something I said I, I want to pour into my daughter and unlock a new level of innovation I said she's six but there's something there I said Izzy this jewelry you're making, it can be a business. It could be Izzy's creations. And at seven years old, you could, you could set up a stand on the roadside if you want. You, you, could, you could go to family houses, families, the houses of your family, and you could go to the houses of your friends, and you could sell your jewelry. And I, and I began to unlock something in her. She was so excited. Because the innocence of a child is so unique. Because they're not shaped like we are. They, they haven't gone through the struggles like we have. So she believes she can conquer the world. She believes she could start a business because she hasn't lived long enough for somebody to tell her she can't. And so she was so excited. We sat at the dinner table yesterday. And she's making all these beads because she wants to wear them to school on Monday. And she wants to show her friends. And she said, Daddy, I could go to school. And you know what? When I show my friends, I could sell this jewelry. I said, hold up, hold up, hold up. I said, I said, I said maybe we're going too fast there, Izzy. Maybe, maybe we're going too fast. I can't have you go to school trying to sell this jewelry and taking these little kids' lunch money. And then they're going home talking about, Mom, Dad, I didn't eat today because I bought this jewelry from a girl named Isabella. And, and then they come knocking on my door and saying, it's the pastor's kid. Yeah, it's the pastor's kid that's trying to hustle and trying to swindle people out of their money. I said, hold on. You got you to gotta, you gotta hold on. But you see the boldness. You see the limitlessness. She is, she is not limited. Because she believes that she can be creative, she can be innovative, and there's nothing that can stop her. And somebody in here needs to pray the prayer of Jabez. 
and say, God, expand my innovation. You won't get the money. You, you, you won't get the money until you expand your mind. And Jabez continues to the third leg of his prayer. And he says, God, I want your hand to be upon me. So he says, bless me indeed, enlarge my territory. And thirdly, he says, Lord, let your hand be upon me. Now that is significant. You know, in the Bible, the Bible uses these anthropomorphic terms for God. Because the, God is a spirit. And the only way that we can relate to this spirit being is that we give him anthropomorphic or human attributes. So the Bible will say things like the God walked through the garden. It's not that God has legs. It's not like his legs touched the garden. But, but we give him human qualities and said the presence of the Lord walked in the garden. Or, or you'll hear in the Bible that the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the earth. And we give him these human qualities because that's the only way we can understand God. And Jabez says, God, I want your hand to be on me. Now, there's something interesting about the human hand. The human hand is one of the only or few places in our body that gives us our identity. Because on our hand is our fingerprint. And your fingerprint is the unique thing about you that separates you from everybody else. And Jabez is saying, God, I want your fingerprint to be on me. I want what identifies you solely as God, what makes you distinct as God, what makes you separate as God, what distinguishes you from an idol, what distinguishes you from another God, what distinguishes you from an evil spirit. God, I want your identity to be on me. There's something about having the hand of God on your life. And maybe we need to pray more for the hand of God to be on our life and the hand of God to be on our family and the hand of God to be on our money and the hand of God to be with us on our job because when God's hand is on you it makes all the difference in the world there's a story in the Bible where Jeremiah sees this vision of a potter and the potter is making a vessel on the wheel he's taking the clay and he's making a vessel. And the Bible says that as the potter was forming the clay, the clay was marred. It was broken in the potter's hands. But the potter decided that the clay was worth so much that he would make the vessel again. But what's significant about that story is that when the clay was marred, when it was broken, it was in the potter's hand. And it's better to be broken in God's hands than to be broken on the side of the road without God. And Jabez is saying, God, I need your hand to be on me. 
that when I'm on the mountain, your hand is with me. And when I'm in the valley, your hand is with me. There's something about the hand of God that will pull you, that will draw you. Maybe you don't know how you ended up at Link Church. Maybe you don't know why you decided to come to church today. Because I would venture to say that it was the hand of God that was pulling you you wanted to stay in the bed you wanted to take a Sunday off you were nervous about coming to the church for the first time but it was the hand of God that was drawing you there's something about God's hand when he moves his hand in the earth okay Jonah Jonah it doesn't matter where you try to go it doesn't matter Jonah if you don't want to go to Nineveh it doesn't matter Jonah if you don't want to do what I want you to do because I'm your God and my hand is on you Jonah so Jonah you can go to Tarshish if you want to but Jonah my fingers are in the ocean and I'll, I'll touch a whale and I'll draw a whale to you Jonah and I'll cause a whale to swallow you up Jonah and I'll keep you in the whale for three days and three nights I'll keep you there alive in the belly of the fish my fingers are on the whale Jonah and I'll push the whale to the shores of Nineveh and I'll cause the whale to have a hiccup and spit you out right where I need you because there's something about the hand of God when the hand of God is on your life you can't run baby you can't get away from it there's something that is pulling your heart you don't even know why you come to church every week but there's something drawing you his hand is with you his hand is drawing you his hand is pulling you nobody comes to the comes to God or to Jesus except the father draws them and I need God to draw me I need God to pull me I need his hands to cover me is there anybody in here that is grateful for the hand of God baby yeah yeah when you're in the club the hand is still with you that's why you can't have fun yeah yeah when when you're at the bar the hand is with you and that's why you can't enjoy it when 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 you're going to that motel uh-huh the hand is with you that's why you feel uncomfortable when you get that text late at night and you're wondering what you should do it's the hand of God that is on you and causing you to feel self-conscious causing you to feel like how in the world is this gonna work because it's something about the hand of God there's nowhere that you can go where the hand of God is not and if his hand is on your life you can run Jonah but you can't hide I feel God yeah your purpose is pulling you hallelujah there's something about purpose that pulls you there's something about purpose that draws you to a place and 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 you can't enjoy what other people can enjoy because his hand is there and you you really you really sometimes don't want to do the god thing but it's weird 
It's like it just never works out. Your friends call you, say, hey, we're going to the club tonight. We're going tonight, and you're like, I'm going. I'm tired of, I'm tired of church. I'm tired of living for God. I want to have some fun. I want to go. And, and you get dressed, and you pick out your clubbing outfit, and you get ready. And then all of a sudden, your friends call you and say, oh, we can't go tonight. Oh, y'all never been there. Maybe I'll talk about myself. Y'all never been there. And, and it's like somebody is always messing up your fun. It's like, who, who is this following me? How, how do they know? Or maybe, or maybe you're about to make that decision and you get a phone call. And it's a praying mom. And they say, what you doing? Yeah. And you know what that means, what, what you doing? Or, or you get a text in the middle of the week from Lady Jen. How you doing? And you weren't really trying to think about God. But just that text is like, man, God, God, why is your hand always with me? It's because you're chosen. You're chosen. And, and the fourth, let me rush here. The fourth leg of this prayer is that Jabez says, God, keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. Now, this is interesting because I intentionally did not talk about Jabez's background because I wanted to talk about it here. Because if you read verse 9, it says that Jabez was more honorable than all of his family, but his mama birthed him in pain. And because of her pain, she called him pain. Because the name Jabez means birthed in sorrow or pain. So you got a man who has lived his life in pain. That, that every time somebody called his name, he heard pain. Jabez, it's time for dinner. He heard pain. Jabez, how was school today? He heard pain. Jabez, how, how did you do at work today? He heard pain. Because his mama passed something on to him because of what she went through. She projected her pain on him. So this prayer that he prays, we can identify with it because Jabez is praying this prayer in pain. It is his painful prayer. And he is praying, God, keep me from evil so that I won't cause pain. In other words, God, keep me so that I won't fulfill what they told me or who they told me I was. Yeah, he's saying, God, keep me from the negativity that they spoke over my life. Huh. Yeah, and God, keep me from, from living out the pain that they told me I should live out. Jabez is praying this painful prayer because he is acutely aware of what it means to live life in pain. He knows what it is to go through pain and struggle. And, and, and maybe 
You're praying the same prayer. God, keep me from the negative thoughts and the negative words that they spoke over my life. Because when you get around negative people, they often project their own pain on you. They're going through so much struggle that the only way they can cope with their pain is to push it off on you. And Jabez's mother, she went through pain in labor. And her labor pains were so strong that she couldn't help but pass on her pain to her son. And when I looked at that, I said, well, God, um, do you only have to name your kid based on what happens at birth? Because I got a few names for my son. God, can I go back and can I rename my son based on what I see now? Oh, y'all probably just on your own. But me, I got a, good, a few choice names for my son. Maybe like hole in my pocket. Yeah, I'm going to start calling him hole in my pocket. Because having kids is so expensive. I'm going to call him hole in my pocket. Because God, when he was birthed, everything was great. But now he's just a hole in my pocket. And money's just leaving me. And Izzy, too. I'm going to name them hole in my pocket one and hole in my pocket two. Yeah, yeah. Because, because sometimes we want to project the inner pain that we have going on in ourselves on somebody else. And Jabez says this. He says, Lord, keep me from evil. So that I won't cause pain. Read that slowly. Keep me from evil. It does not say keep evil from me. It says keep me from evil. It does not say keep evil from me. Because Jabez realizes that there is something in him that is just naturally drawn to evil. It's naturally drawn to pain because his mama passed pain onto him. So he's saying, God, keep me from going after the pain because it's innate in me. It, it, it just came in me. I did not ask for this, but it came in me. And Jabez is no different than us. So we are no different than Jabez because certain things have been passed on to us. By our forefathers, Adam and Eve. They passed on a sinful nature unto us. And there are certain things that you have inherited and, and you have just came into this world and you're walking around and you don't know why you're drawn to that. You don't know why you're drawn to lust. You don't know why you're drawn to alcohol. You don't know why you're drawn to be promiscuous. You don't know why you're drawn to lie. You don't know why you're just drawn to cheat. It's because somebody passed on their pain. Adam and Eve passed on their sinful nature. And Jabez says, keep me from the evil, not keep the evil from me. Because the devil knows that all he has to do is wait you out. All he has to do is wait for you. 
He doesn't even have to come knocking. You'll come knocking if time lasts long enough because there is a sinful nature inside of you. Have you ever wondered why you just have a propensity and a proclivity to go after this thing? Have you ever wondered why you just struggle in that area year after year, month after month, day after day? And it's not that the evil is coming after you. It's that you have this desire to go after it. But Jabez says, God, keep me. Hallelujah. This is where the prayer gets painful. This is where the prayer gets painful for you. Because you've got to admit that there's something wrong in you. You've got to admit that you're in need of some kind of healing. You've got to admit that you're in need of some kind of saving. And you've got to admit that you need somebody that is stronger than you to keep you from killing yourself. To keep you from cutting yourself. To keep you from feeling depressed to keep you from going into that depression there's something that you need and I come to tell you you need Jesus you need Jesus you need Jesus to keep you from yourself to keep you from causing pain you need God to keep you the Bible says that every man sins when they are drawn away by their own own lust not by your friends lust not by your parents lust but you've got your own lust there is a chip that has been downloaded into your motherboard you don't know how you got it you don't know how to get rid of it but you're dealing and struggling with all of this pain and all of this evil but is there somebody that will lift their hands in this auditorium and say God I need you to keep me yeah, it's painful to admit, but is there somebody that will say, God, I need you to keep me, Mandosha, I need you to keep me from falling. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. You can't keep yourself from falling. You need Jesus, Shama. Hallelujah in here today. You need Jesus to guard your mind. You need Jesus. Jesus to heal your heart. You need Jesus to help you put down the bottle. You need Jesus to keep you from that abusive relationship. You need Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. Oh, I need help in here today. Somebody shout, Jesus. Yeah, keep my mind, Jesus. Keep my heart, Jesus. Keep my family, Jesus. If you don't protect me, Jesus, I don't know what I'll do, Jesus. I'll be crazy, Jesus. I'll be weird, Jesus. I need you to keep me. Somebody shout, keep me, Lord. Yeah, it's painful it's painful it's painful but you gotta pray it if you want to thrive you gotta pray this prayer if you want to thrive you gotta pray this prayer it's not about getting the money it's about God keeping you from yourself how can you thrive if God doesn't keep you how can you be successful if God doesn't keep you how can you do it and overcome 
overcome if God doesn't wrap his hands around your mind and keep you from thinking those thoughts of suicide. I feel God in here today. Somebody thought about killing themselves. Somebody thought about ending their life. Somebody has been thinking, what would it be like if I wasn't here anymore? Because of all the pain that you're experiencing. But I declare that the keeping power of God is all over you today. You're walking out of here kept. You're kept by his presence and kept by his blood. I declare you are kept in your mind. You're kept in your emotions. You're kept, hallelujah, you're kept right now. You're kept right now. You're kept right now. Yeah. Keep me from myself. For in my flesh dwells no good thing, Lord. Nothing is good in me. And if you don't keep me, God, if you don't keep me, God, I'll lose. I'll lose everything. If you don't keep me, God, I'll cause so much pain. If, if you don't keep me, God, Shamandosa, God, I'll cause so much pain in my family, so much pain on my job. If you don't keep me, God, what, what I'll do, there's no telling what I'll do. I'll hurt so many people with my sin and my thoughts and my habits. If you don't keep me, God, because it's not only about you, but you affect so many people. And if you fall, you don't know the domino effect and how many people you'll take with you. So somebody needs to say, God, keep me that I don't cause pain. It's a painful prayer. But if you pray this prayer, you will thrive and you will be blessed by it like Jabez was. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. For more information about Link Church, you can visit us on the web at www.linkchurchnc.org.